Well, hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, and it's 101. I'm a minute late, sorry. And this is Chat with Chap, and I'm your host, Ginger Wade. I'm so glad you're tuning in with me. I'm, I think I'm slightly crooked today, so I apologize for that because my steering wheel isn't completely straight. The vehicle I'm in today is like a little annoying for doing videos, but I'm working with it. You got a lot of ceiling here, but whatever. I'm here, and so are you, and that's really good news. And another thing that's really good news is the gentleman that was mowing the yard right beside where I'm at is done, and he's pulling away right now. You might be able to hear his truck. <laughs> so we don't have the leaf blower or the lawnmower to contend with, so hopefully no one else will decide to mow while I'm talking. Um, but anyway, that's what you get when you're waiting for piano lessons. So today's topic if you didn't see the title, is how to start a group. So you may be homeschooling for a while. You may have just started homeschooling. You may have never considered homeschooling with others in a group situation. But maybe something's making you go, you know, I'd, I'd like to meet with other homeschoolers and, and do some homeschooling. And here we are. What is it? Almost October. Can't believe it. And... Um, if you go to try and look up co-ops, which you can at chaponline.com slash resources, there's a search by county for support groups and co-ops. If you didn't know that, it's out there. So you can check it out. Um, you go and you check into co-ops now and you find that, wow, it's the end of September and most people have their registrations closed and you can't join. Now, I do know there are some co-ops making exceptions this year because attendance is less or um, people are making decisions to homeschool kind of and uh, they weren't expecting to homeschool and all of a sudden they're homeschooling. So co-ops may be inviting new members in, but a lot of established co-ops or support groups, maybe not support groups so much, but co-ops are like, well, no, we kind of have our registration closed. And then you're like, well, wow, now what do I do? So um, you might be feeling that I, I want to start my own group. I, I have ideas for, for a group that I would like to start, but I'm, I'm not quite sure what, what to do, where to go from here. Well, I'm going to give you some tips. We're going to talk about the different types of groups and the different things you have to think about if you want to start one, um, just so you can kind of get an idea. But the first thing I want to let you guys know out there is that anyone can start a group. Anyone. And you know what a group is? Two families. <laughs> I'm in a group this year. It's just two families, us and someone else. And that's a little mini group or co-op or support group. Uh, so anyone can start. A, um, a homeschooling meetup group. So one of the first things to think about if you're considering starting a group is what's the purpose of your group? Like what do you want to accomplish with the other people that you meet with? Is it purely social? You just want to get together, chat, let the kids play? Uh, are you looking um, in that way to build community or do you, do you want an activity to do? Do you want to do crafts or gym class or something together like that? Is like enrichment type things, art, music? What kind of stuff is it that you want your group to do? Are you looking more for academics? Are you want to meet with people to maybe 
maybe help teach a class that you're not comfortable with or teach a subject to your children that you're not comfortable with and then you're willing to teach a subject that you are comfortable with to their children. What is it that you want to do with your group? These are things that you need to know um, so you can kind of get your group and invite people in and tell them what it's going to be, right? So secondly, you have to think about what type of structure it is that you want to, gr to your group to be, like to have. Do you want it to be like a loose... Well, we're going to meet in my house this week and anybody else who's in the group can offer to host at their house the next week or are you going to be more structured? Do you want to pick up one particular location that you're always at? If it's someone's house or a church or a coffee house or whatever it is that you choose or like rotate, you know, if there's four families in, each family does a week a month. I don't know. You have to choose what your structure is going to be like. Do you want it to be strict attendance? Well, if you're going to be in the group, then I would like you to be here every week. I want you to commit to be here every week. Or is it going to be like, well, come and go as you have the need and we're here for you when you need it or, you know, how is it that you would like to structure your group? Um, and that could, that affects some of the other choices. So the next um, thing that I want to get into is the different types of groups. So I do want to say that Basically, generally speaking, when you start a group, it is going to be small. Like it's, you're not going to have a big gigantic group all of a sudden. Now, having said that, I, I am aware of a group that decided they, they organized what they wanted to do and they put it out there on Facebook for their local people. And the first week they had 50 people ready to attend because there's a great desire to have people together at these times. So, um, this day and age, there's lots of people looking for groups. So, um, it could be big fast, which is a different kind of a thing to have to work through, but don't be surprised if your group is really small and that's really good too. All the different kinds of groups are good and they have their different challenges and they have their different, um, good things about them. But, um, Anytime you meet in community to support each other, it's going to be good. So I'm just giving you some tips on the different things. So what I'm going to talk about largely is support groups and co-ops. Now, you hear this word pod, okay? And pod is being used in so many different ways. It's kind of a confusing word. What I understand a pod to be is generally... Like it was used, the COVID pods, whatever you want to call them, those were generally um, public schoolers who were doing hybrid or online school that wanted to get together in person. So they, people in the neighborhood would get together and do something with their kids together or however. That's how I understood it. And I'm seeing the word being used all over the place for all kinds of things. It can be a small group. It can be a big group. It can be organized to look kind of like school um, outside of school, or it can be um, just a get-together for your kids to get together and have um, community time, right? Uh, so pod, the term pod, I think, kind of is, is broad and kind of encompasses the ideas of support groups and co-ops. Um, I do think pod is more related to those who do hybrid or online public school, um, but who knows? It might be used for homeschool. Maybe there's homeschool pods, I guess. But they're really a support group or a co-op. So what are support groups and co-ops? Those are the two kind of main ideas, okay? Pods is not a new concept. It's been happening for a long time in support groups and co-ops. So a support group is 
generally an enrichment situation. It's exactly what it sounds like, support group. Moms need support. They need community. They need to talk. They need to ask questions. They need to say, what do I do if this? Or can you tell me about a curriculum for that? Or as a support kind of a situation. Um, so they can be more loose in attendance. You come and go as you need or as you want. Uh, you can have a regular schedule for support group. I know a group up um, the Salt and Light group. I just met the leaders in there this past week at uh, the conferences I was at. Very cool. They do have a monthly meeting. I think it's the third Tuesday of the month. So every third Tuesday, they know there's going to be a meetup. They have speakers come in and talk or they have, I'm sure they have times you could have, if you do a support group, times where you answer each other's questions or maybe you have a theme for the night. How do you deal with meals or how do you deal with math or how do you deal with uh, character situations? However, it's, it's a support group and you're there as moms to support each other and the kids generally play and go do something else. Uh, so that's a regular schedule. It's once a month. Um, but support groups also do things like um, field trips together. Uh, you, there could be activities that someone decides to get together and does with people. Um, so the thing with support groups, it, it's if they're doing um, school, I don't like using that term, but activities like that, it's, it's basically enrichment kind of stuff. And you're getting together to support each other to keep taking the next step. Okay, that's the whole thing with a support group. I don't know that there would necessarily be fees involved with a support group. There certainly could, especially if you are meeting in a particular location like a church or something and there's a rental fee um, if you're too big for a house. Uh, so that that would be a support group. So a co-op, co-ops tend to be more academically driven so co-op is short for cooperative, and we know that cooperative means to work together. So co-ops, there's a huge range of co-ops, okay? You have your enrichment co-ops, which is just, you know, all the extracurricular stuff that it's hard to do by yourself, like maybe sports or gym class or art class isn't fun to do alone or that kind of thing. Way over to academic. I mean, there's an academic um, co-op here. Goodness, they might even be accredited. I don't know. Not that that means anything. But um, they hire teachers, and they've got the math and the science and the English and the whole thing there. So co-ops have a big, wide range of what they can be. But generally, um, there's moms that say, I'll teach this, and other moms will say, I'll teach that. And you get together and you teach each other's kids. And that can be in the home with just a few families. I'm doing something like that this year and working cooperatively with another mom and we're covering some subjects together. Uh, you can meet at a church and um, you can have 40 families and you got to make a schedule and you got to find out who's willing to teach what and you know you got to plan which rooms everyone's going to be in and you have rosters and you have so it really kind of depends um in in a lot of co-ops like that moms are the teachers or you could have a co-op where the one that i am in is moms are the teachers but we like to offer academic classes for senior high students and that includes biology well we don't really have anyone who's comfortable teaching biology so we'll hire someone to come in and teach biology uh, so you can have that. Many times in co-ops like that, you have attendance commitment. I commit to be here every week at this time. I commit to teaching my class. 
Um, you can have a support element to it. The one that I have, you teach a class, you help during a class, and then you have an hour off you to hang out at the mom's room where you get to talk and do the support element of your day, which is always a joy too. Uh, you would have a structured day. The one I have has three classes in the morning, three hour classes over by lunch. My sister-in-law attends one. It's six periods. They have different lunch periods and it shuffles. It's almost like um, a school day, but it only meets once a week. So three periods in the morning, three periods in the afternoon. They have lunch periods in there, but they shuffle them. So um, not everybody's eating at once. And it is seriously more like it, it reminds me of picking classes for for when I was in school. I remember rem when I was talking to my sister-in-law about once. So it can be that 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 big or a co-op could simply be people meeting in houses but this week we're going to teach science next week we're going to teach art the next week we're going to teach history each mom is in charge of a different subject and there you have it so like there's so much variety in what you can do with your groups but those are just ideas in in what it takes to to do a co-op so another thing that you need to consider if you're going to start a group is are you are you going to have a statement of faith? Like, do you want people to sign off on a statement of faith? Do you want it to be a Christian group? Or do you want it to be not? You can make it whatever you want it to be. Uh, but that's something to consider and to keep in mind uh, whether or not you want that element. And then if you get into large groups, like say the co-op groups I was talking about, where you're meeting, you have, you know, moms teaching, multiple moms teaching many children, like the, our co-op has... I don't know, 120 kids and 40 families, something like that. So obviously, we still have two grades in a class, like it's um, pre-K and K and first and second and third and fourth. They're together because the classes aren't so big that you need to split them. However, it's that's pretty big. So when you have a large group, that's when you have to start thinking policies, okay? So then you have to have a sick policy, obviously. <laughs> You have to explain that if you're feeling these symptoms, you need to stay home, you know, or, and, and if you are feeling those symptoms, obviously, um, you were required to teach every week. So then you need to have a substitute policy. Like how are you going to handle substitutes? How are you going to fill in the gap for the person who's missing? Um, discipline and dispute resolution is something you need to have in mind because in a larger group, you're never really going to have disputes, right? So how are you going to handle that? Uh, between the parents, between the kids, between a teacher and a kid. You know, how, how is that going to work? You have to dis discuss that, figure that out. Uh, if you're renting, like say a church or something, do you got to clean? Is there something that the building, that the people who own the building require of you in order to use that building? What is the rent to use the building? Uh, it's good to have a leadership team. You don't want to leave stuff like this alone. Now, if it's just a few families cooperative in the house, that's different. But when you have a large amount of families, it's smart to have a leadership team. How many years do you serve on a leadership team? What are your jobs? You've got to build a schedule. You got to handle the finances, registration, inviting new people in. If you're going to have any web pages, how are you going to handle issues? Because issues will arise. I guarantee you. It's just will arise, and as a leadership team, you're going to have to work through them. Uh, how do you get set up for the day? How do you tear down for the day? Um, there's insurance. If you're using someone else's building and you are a group, they're going to want you to have some kind of insurance, and where are you going to go for that? So 
I know that's a lot to put on your plate, so don't make that scare you out of starting a group. I mean, just meet in your home, you know, meet, meet a few people in your home, and then you don't have to think about all these big things. But if, as your group starts to grow, when your group starts to grow, or if you want to design a large group just from the get-go, these are things you need to be thinking about. Because it's stuff that's going to, to come up. It's stuff that you're going to need to work with. And uh, in Pennsylvania now, of course, everyone needs a background check. So if you are going to do a support group that's not in the home and that's not out at the playground or just taking field trips, if you're going to have something that's in someone else's building like a church, everyone needs to have background checks. So you need someone to, to manage all those things. So there's all these things to consider if you're going to start a group like that. Again, if you're looking for a group, use chaponline.com slash resources. There's a co-op search right there. You can contact some of the groups that are near to you. Uh, if you want to start one, you can contact them and ask them what their policies are and how they handle things. Uh, you can always contact me because I was a leader in our local one too, so I know how that works. Um, if you have any comments you want to share about this, if you are a support group leader and you want to give some tips, some starter tips to someone who might be considering doing a support group or a co-op. We would, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to see your comments below. Um, share what you know. And again, I don't want all that I shared to you with you to like freak you out or overwhelm you, but I just kind of wanted to make it clear what the different options were so you understand um, all the freedom and all the variety that's out there for your learning. Uh, you can do it all on your own. You can meet with others for enrichment and field trips. You can meet with others to teach history and all those kind of things. It's so, there's so much flexibility. It's really a beautiful thing. And um, it's, it's great to walk the homeschool journey with other families because you learn so much from each other. Uh, you know, even with curriculum, but, but even with, with life, how you deal with the things that come up. You know, how do you deal with sickness or how do you deal with character issues or how do you you know how do you deal with this how do you and just walking together through this homeschool journey is just so important so again any mamas out there if you have any tips you want to share about groups starting groups the importance of being connected with others to help you along this homeschool journey i please please share i would love to hear from you i'm sure there's others who would love to hear from you and um i just want you to connect Enjoy the freedom of learning together because there's so many wonderful things to learn. And you know what? If you start a group or if you are part of a group, and I encourage you, if you're going to start a group or if you're part of a group, go to chaponline.com slash resources. Look for your group in our database, in our little searchy thing. If you don't find your group or if your group's information is out of date, please, please, please either comment below or use the contact form at chaponline.com. Let us know because we want to be up to date. We want to have all the groups out there in the state of Pennsylvania, any group, any group doesn't have to, or not just not sub, you know, it doesn't have to be a co-op. It doesn't have to be Christian. It doesn't have to be any group that's meeting out there. If you want others to know about your group, please let us know and we'll put you in there because there's always people looking for others to connect with. There's always people. I get so many people who are like, I'm all by myself and I don't know anybody else who's homeschooling. 
If you have a group, please let us know. We want to put you in our, in our little search engine so that people can find you because they need connection. So again, and please share this, share that with anybody you know has a group that they should connect with us, with CHAP, so we can get you in that list so people can find you because they need you. I know especially out there where salt and light is, oh, they're spread out all over. And we all need support, so we need to know where the groups are. So let us know where you are. Let us know if your information's out of date and we need to update it. We want to support you. One more person I want to mention to you if you're looking to start a group or if you do run a group and you're having some issues and you need support. There is someone at HSLDA named Darren Jones. His job is to support support groups. Isn't that cool? So if you're having, I don't know, a legal issue or just questions on how to run things or, or whatever and you need some support, go ahead and check in with Darren Jones. He might be able to help you out with your issue. But you can also contact us, uh, like I was saying, with those policies and stuff. I can share with you some information. Um, I did help some ladies at our convention a few years back. I met with them at our uh, chat booth, and we sat and talked for like an hour on all the different policies and things and how to get a group going. So very willing to help you guys out there. I just want to encourage you, um, walk the journey with someone. You know, just get together. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be amazing but get together and I think you'll find that it is amazing just because you're walking it with someone else. So, okay, hopefully this helped you out. If I confused you or raised more questions, please ask them below. I would love to answer your questions and give you support regarding groups. Okay, have a great Wednesday and next week it's going to be October, which is craziness. So I'll be back with another topic next week. And you know what? Keep your eye out because you just might see a video of me and Dee one of these days soon. So Dee and I, I don't know. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great one. Bye.